Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Have you ever been to an escape room? I first heard of escape rooms maybe three or four years ago, I suppose, uh, and I went and did it, uh, I've done it twice now, both times with different members of the WDS team. First time was a couple of years ago, uh, the second time was just a few months ago. Uh, it's a really fun team building experience. I don't know that I would want to do it with strangers, uh, but with people you know, uh, it's really fun to go to this you know, activity center and go into a room where you're essentially locked in, I mean, not really, but like it's an activity, it's fun. You're locked in for an hour and you have to solve puzzles in order to escape, all right? So as I said, it's team building, you get to work together. Um, there's usually lots of little riddles and different kinds of puzzles. So if you're not good at some of them, uh, hopefully somebody else on the team is. Um, so it was a lot of fun. And from a business perspective, I've been learning about escape rooms uh, in preparation for this episode, um, they're not cheap. Like they're not cheap as a consumer to go to. You know, I remember, I remember when I took the WDS team there, it was several hundred dollars. And uh, you know, a typical escape room is seeing lots and lots of groups come in every single day. So for the right person, especially somebody who's entering a new market or otherwise doing something different, uh, it can be a really interesting opportunity. Now, in today's story, I'm going to tell you about a video game company employee who turns a childhood love for adventure into a real-life escape room business. He's actually a part of pioneering the industry in the United States. They were previously popular elsewhere in the world, uh, but at least until recently, they weren't really in the States. Uh, anyway, this has really taken off, and now he does it full-time. So how does this come to be? What happens along the way? And what can you take away from the story? Well, stay tuned for The Great Escape. Nate Martin loves video games. Growing up, they were his favorite form of entertainment and played a massive role in his life. He loved games so much, he decided to learn all about them in school earning a Bachelor of Science in Real-Time Interactive Simulation and Computer Science. Sounds like a great degree. This eventually led to a career at Microsoft, followed by a stint running the online services division at Electronic Arts, also known as EA, one of the largest video game companies in the world. While there, he worked on several well-known games, Battlefield 4, Plants vs. Zombies, and Dragon Age, among others. But he wanted to have even more of an impact. And after doing some math, realizing he'd have to work until he was at least 200 years old before becoming the CEO, Nate started thinking about other ways he could make his mark. It was while he was a senior project manager at EA that he learned about escape rooms. The concept was already quite popular in Japan, where it originated, and Europe, but nobody was really doing it in the U.S. In a typical escape room, a group of 6 to 10 people are locked in a themed room for an hour. 
To break out, you have to work together to solve a series of puzzles. There's often a guide or attendant in the room who can help you if you get stuck. It can be a lot of fun to do it with people you know. The way Nate saw it, real-life escape rooms were the direct physical manifestation of adventure games he'd known and loved for decades. It was the next level of gaming. The more he and his co-founder, Lindsay Morse, got to talking about the escape room concept, the more they wanted to do it. Someone should bring this to Seattle, they thought. So they decided to do just that. To start, they got to work securing a commercial space for rent in Capitol Hill. Nate took a shoot-first, ask-questions-later approach to getting what he called puzzle break off the ground. He held a sincere belief they should just figure it out as they went. If they succeeded, they could expand. And if they failed, they could do something else. He and Lindsay avoided traditional first steps taken by startups, like extensive market research, saying that they had neither the experience nor the patience for it. Instead, Nate drew inspiration from some of those video games he adored growing up, as well as the ones he encountered in adulthood. Games like Myst, The Room, and The Legend of Kyrandia. He focused on creating something centered around finding clues, solving puzzles, and joining forces with real people in real life. When designing an escape room, Nate said the process starts with a list of puzzle concepts. He adds those to a list of interesting themes, upon which he can craft exciting experiences. From there, he identifies which theme makes the most sense, and begins developing a list of puzzles that work well within it. Then it's a matter of putting together a narrative and experiential flow that combines everything into what he describes as an unforgettable experience. Getting Puzzle Break off the ground cost about $7,000. This included all the physical material for his first escape room and rent for the commercial space. Initial marketing consisted of putting up flyers, something that Nate says still works well in Seattle, and doing everything he could to encourage word of mouth. Puzzle Break also earned the attention of a famous puzzle enthusiast and a popular local blog, both of which were instrumental in its early success. And since then, business has grown. Since launching in August 2013, Puzzle Break has gone on to boast seven-figure revenue, five locations, multiple portable experiences for corporate clients, and over a dozen experiences across the Royal Caribbean Cruise Line. When attracting customers' attention these days, Nate says they've adopted a more traditional approach in the form of Google Ads. Facebook, he believes, is too far removed from a purchasing decision, so he doesn't use it. Nate left his day job with Electronic Arts to man the helmet puzzle break just three months after opening its doors. He plans to keep cranking out the maximum amount of enjoyment for the maximum amount of people. He's got several new locations and experiences in development. So I was thinking about this because, uh, as I mentioned, until a few years ago, escape rooms were not really known at all in the U.S., uh, even though they, they you know, came from Japan, were elsewhere in Asia and Europe, etc. Uh, but we're pretty new here. Now, however, there are a lot of escape rooms. So it's not a saturated market necessarily, but it's definitely a lot more crowded. Um, I think, however, that it's crowded in the way that podcasting is crowded. Like uh, people ask me all the time, almost every day, you know, should I start a podcast? There's just so many of them starting up now. I just feel like I've kind of missed my chance. Well, there's a lot of people out there who still don't listen to podcasts. So even though you know that the market is somewhat crowded, there's also all these people that are coming into the market for the first time. So a lot of people don't listen to podcasts, and a lot of people still don't know about escape rooms. I imagine that a lot of people listening to this episode haven't heard of them. Um, so in some ways, you know, when more and more of these things are cropping up, it, it can actually make your job easier because there's a bit more familiarity with it. You don't have to explain the concept uh, to every single person for the first time. Of course, it's still probably not going to be a $100 startup to go and actually open a physical location and do this, you know, put together all the items that you need for your first, you know, themed room. 
So naturally, you do want to be mindful. Uh, we asked Nate, you know, hey, Nate, what happened when you got your first sale? And he says, you know, my co-founder and I, we were thrilled. Um, but I like to think that we played it pretty cool and just continued about our business. It's important to note that both of us already had established careers. And though we would later dedicate ourselves full time to Puzzle Break, when we started, we didn't need sales to pay rent or afford groceries. That, of course, is the side hustle way. It's exactly what I'm trying to encourage people to do. Uh, start your business, start your income generating project, whatever it is, while you still have a reliable income. And this way you can have options in the future. Uh, you might be able to go full time with it, just like Nate has done, like many of the other stories that we talk about. Um, or it could just be, you know, this other additional reliable income stream, which is a good thing, too. Again, that is the Sidusville School way. Listeners, inspiration is good, but inspiration with action is so much better. Today's show notes, including links to Puzzle Break, anything else we can find about escape rooms that might be relevant, all that will be at SidusvilleSchool.com slash 927. Thanks so much for listening. Much more is coming up. My name is Chris Gillibo. This is Sidusville School. Onward Project.